is the Applied Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Jackie Broman from Legally Wise Women. This podcast is about how the challenges in our lives often create our biggest transformations. And it's about taking the support, power, and skill of the legal aspects of those challenges to become legally wise. In this episode, I speak with James Burstall, who's the CEO of Argonon, which is a successful international TV production company that produces shows like House Hunters and The Masked Singer. During his time as CEO, James has come across a lot of crises, including COVID, of course, and he's made it clear that disasters are inevitable and you can relate this from business to life as well. So if you're leading yourself and other people through business, uh, it's similar to having personal crises in your own life. And he talks about how to support yourself through crisis and in fact, how you can um, go from better than just to survival to actually having real opportunities reveal themselves uh, and being able to be creative and thrive rather than just survive. So hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, James. I was going to say good afternoon, but it's good morning for you. We're on different time zones, but such a pleasure to connect. It's uh, great to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Oh, look, I'm super excited because um, you've got a really great practical book coming out. And um, I know that it's very much business focused, but business is people. And so I wanted to dive into your brain and really get some information about um, what your message is and um, certainly around managing crisis from an individual perspective. So tell us what's happening, what's coming out. Well, thanks, Jackie. Well, yes, I have the book called mm. The Flexible Method, which is published by Nicholas Brearley and um, it's part of the Ashette Group, um, who are a really interesting publishing house, actually, because they believe in books that have longevity, that live on the shelf and that people can dip in and dip out of over many years. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to go with them. Mm. Now, I wrote the book um, coming out of COVID uh, because a friend said to me, James, you know what? You've been managing an entertainment business. I run a production group called Argonon. We're based in London with offices in Liverpool, Glasgow, <clears throat> excuse me, New York and Los Angeles. And we mm. produce shows all over the world, including many of our programmes in Australia. And, um, you know, COVID was a horrendous existential threat mm. for the whole world, including us. And if you just think about it, it was just three years ago. that There mm. we were sitting at home in front of our screens in lockdown, sheltering, worried about our elderly parents, worried about our children. Was there going to be food on the table? Could we go to the shops without catching some awful disease that might kill us? Mm. I mean, it was so frightening, wasn't it? it was. We were all there. And, you know, all of your listeners will remember just how terrifying it was. Mm. And at the time, there was no roadmap. You know, we didn't know how to how we were going to survive. In my industry, the, the production sector, we were told that all production had to shut down, maybe for 12 months or more. Because if we don't produce, we have no income. So we don't have a business. We couldn't keep our people. We employ hundreds of people, but we actually work with thousands of freelancers all over the world and, and work came to a stop. So it was very frightening. And at the beginning, what we did is we really kind of dug deep. We'd learned back in the credit crunch when things are tough, 
you have to put a system in place to make sure that you communicate really well. You put your people first. You mm. start to map out a journey hour by hour initially, then day by day and then week by week. Mm. You have really clear, <clears throat> authentic leadership. You must be calm and purposeful. You must hold on to your values. People mm. need to know that in a buffeting wind, that the people who are in charge of the ship have got their heart in the right place. We didn't have all the answers. And I started a daily communication with my team because I knew many of our people were sitting at home in front of their screen, frightened. We employ lots of people in their 20s who were living in rented accommodation. Some of them didn't have great Wi-Fi and they were frightened. So we would say to them, listen, we do not have all the answers. We're not going to lie to you. But the management team are talking. We're, we are all pulling together. We're thinking laterally. We're reaching out to everybody you know, to collaborate. There was help from government. There was help from people across our sector. I mean, the collaboration... Uh, during COVID was quite phenomenal, really heartwarming. Mm. And then my friend said to me, listen, why don't you put this into a book? So I started to map out 16 very clear lessons, which I wanted to be practical yeah. and detailed and actionable. Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in talk. We have a climate action group, for example. We have a diversity and inclusion group all within mm. my organisation. And we always say talk is not enough. You start, of course, with a passion and a care and you have a social conscience and you want to do your bit your bit and your best mm. but there's no point just having a talking shop where things are not actionable so there are 16 lessons in this book and I have to say they're not easy mm. some of the lessons are really quite difficult you have mm. to dig deep you have to go deep inside yourself and you have to go deep inside your team's minds and hearts and souls and come up with solutions and make some difficult decisions and then when you as a team have made your decisions, you have to act with fierce resolve. You have to see things through. That's the calm, purposeful leadership. You have to show determination to make things happen because mm -hmm. things are rough and tough and you want to make sure that you come out on the other side stronger and fitter. Mm -hmm. So, yes, 16 lessons that are very actionable. They're not easy, but they are there now. I've written them and they're in this book and I really hope that they will be useful. I wrote the book to be useful. Yes, and to have longevity too and to be able to be used for, you know, whatever crisis happens next because now that we're more aware that things aren't in our control, we should be aware that there's just another crisis around the corner potentially. We do live in a time of permacrisis. I mean, even since COVID and since writing the book, we've had Ukraine, we've had the inflationary crisis. In the UK and the US, we've been facing the threat of recession. You know, it's 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 true that um, these terrifying events, unfortunately, do happen. Look at the climate events we've been seeing recently. Yeah. And I do believe that these things are going to become more frequent. Mm. So I want to be clear. I'm not a doom monger. In fact, no. quite the opposite. I'm, I'm a real optimist. And mm -hmm. the book is a very optimistic book. I think it's interesting now in academia, people are now talking about getting students and people to understand that we live in a world of strangeness. That's the term they use. Mm. Strangeness meaning uncertainty. Mm. That, you know, the concept of helicopter parenting and, you know, super safe schooling and a world where everything is rigid and regimented. Unfortunately, that's just not reality. No. The world is, is in a state of constant flux. Mm. So well, what can we do? Well, we can either get overwhelmed by this and, and, and kind of give up which is for me not an option, <laughs> or we go, well, let's get used to this. Yeah. And this idea that in academia, they want students to become used to the idea that there is 
constant sense of change. Things are always on the move. We have to be agile and we have to be willing to embrace change. And there are major opportunities when things are flexible and in flux in the way that they are, mm. because they open up new avenues for each of us to live out fuller, better lives with greater potential. <laughs> and I love the fact that in this world that we live in, for example, now, we all have portfolio careers. You yeah. can start your career in one space, get fantastic credentials. Maybe then you decide to have a family. You might decide to take a year or two out. That's completely fine. And why wouldn't you? Then you want to come back and you might decide, well, I've got transferable skills for my first career, but I've kind of done that now. Now I want to do something different. So I think that is a, a really wonderful opportunity for us to embrace. But it does mean you have to get yourself into a mindset where you feel comfortable with a sense of flexibility and flux and agility. Mm, mm. And that's what I wanted to touch on with you next, because, I mean, we've talked about how changeable the world is and how there are big crises happening all around us. But then on a personal note as well, we're often always going in and out of mini and larger crises. And that's just part of life is, you know, people come and they go in your life and people pass away and there's um, other things that happen, whether it's uh, friends and workplaces um, so there's always something. So how um, do you have a plan to be flexible and how flexible does the plan have to be to be flexible? Well, I think to start off with, it's very important to know yourself. Mm. Um, and, you know, I know you're very interested in emotional intelligence. And for mm. me, that's absolutely critical. I think it's the most important value of any leader uh, and frankly of any human being because we live in a community. Yeah. So, you know, I've done a lot of work on myself. I've really, uh, you know, I've, like all of us, come from challenges. And over mm. the years, we've had things that we've had to deal with. Um, so I am a real advocate for digging deep and finding your voice and finding what's right for you. Each of us is unique. Each of us has amazing potential. But we need to find our own voice. So I do believe in really good um, self-care. Mm. I think it behoves us. It's our responsibility as adults. We do have to look after ourselves. We have to eat well. We have to exercise properly. I think being physically, emotionally, and spiritually sane and healthy is very, very important. Mm. And we, we owe that not only to ourselves, but then the people who we love around us, mm. husbands, wives, children, parents, and then our wider circle, our friends, and then wider circle still the people we work with. So mental health and being on, on solid ground is critical. And I'm a real advocate for long-term relationships, both in my partnership, and in my family and my friends um, and in my company, I have some people who work with me for 15 to 20 years. Mm. And, you know, you build these really long-term long relationships of trust. Yeah. You build um, a, a shorthand. You can just, you know, say one word and the other person understands what you mean. Mm -hmm. um, now, also alongside that, if you were only stuck in the same groove with, you know, the same people forever, Mm. then you know if you're creative as I am and in fact I think most people are creative in different ways just how you express it you also need to have fresh blood so yeah. you need to be open and willing that sometimes you get new people coming into your life sometimes you take a break from certain people and go you know what maybe things aren't going so great at the moment I'll see you in a little while and then you can mm. come back if it feels right so so then I think then you you start to get an emotionally intelligent balance between some rock solid roots in yourself and in your personal life and in your professional world combined with a real openness to change i love being a constant mm -hmm. student i really believe in in study later in life um, as an adult i went to the business school at oxford for a stint mm -hmm. i then went to the business school in california at stanford for a stint 
I want to be constantly learning and changing. I don't have all the answers. Mm. There are brilliant people out there coming down the track who are 18 writing incredible you know, PhDs or you know, professors in their 90s who have remarkable ideas that I want to learn about. <laughs> I'm, I'm a real kind of uh, voracious reader and learn and, and, and student of, of, of knowledge. Um, so I think that's very important as well to just constantly have your mind open to mm. listen and learn Mm, very much um and then even if we have some really good support around us and some really good uh practices for ourselves as well even with all of that in moments of you know heightened stress and overwhelm how do we still access that creativity that you're talking about when you've almost shut down? How do we come back and tap into being able to think, to solve problems and to know that um, we're actually making some good decisions? Overwhelm is very, very real and it can be devastating. I mean, it can completely um, prevent you doing anything. And mm -hmm as an individual whether it's yourself within your you know your intimate your family relationships mm -hmm. or indeed whether it's at work mm -hmm. um if you are suffering from overwhelm unfortunately you're not good to anyone mm -hmm. including yourself so you do have to take time out and I remember vividly during COVID I would say to all of my people and indeed to myself you know you must get out take the dog for a walk you must cook a nice meal talk to a friend read a book have a bath do very simple small things baby steps yeah. to get yourself out of the maelstrom and the noise. I do think social media can be incredible. I love it. It's part of my communications sector. Uh, and there's great advantages to this uh, amazing world of knowledge and entertainment that we've now got with social media. It can also be incredibly noisy yeah. and totally overwhelming. I frequently do digital detox. I take a month out. I say to my family and friends, look, I'm getting off Instagram. I'm getting off LinkedIn mm. I'm jumping out of Facebook for a bit it's not personal mm. I'm just taking some time out I think that is really important yeah um yeah you're right it can add to the overwhelm or it can add to our life it depends on um our own mental space I guess at any time can't it so yeah no great great tips but I suppose as well um it's in those moments even just recognizing that you are overwhelmed and so to give yourself some some self-care rather than just pushing forward because as you said then you're not going to be very useful to anyone especially yourself I think that kind of attitude that as um, a leader whether it's a leader of your family or a leader yeah. of a business yeah. that you have to be um, Mr Big Guy or mm. you know Ms Tough Woman mm -hmm. <laughs> um, we, we're all human and mm. um, you know we have moments when we're feeling great and we have moments when we're feeling down that's part of the human condition mm -hmm. and that's okay I mean one thing I will share you know an experience that uh, one of the, the interviewees in my book who runs a wonderful restaurant in central London mm -hmm. who had invested hundreds of thousands in this new restaurant just before Covid mm -hmm. hit yeah and he's a young man with two young babies so this was a major major crisis mm -hmm. And I talked to him because he's a friend of mine. And very early on, he said, oh, you know, I'm just sort of battling on. I don't know how I'm going to make this. He was clearly, mm. you know, stressed, pale, a bit shaky and really, you know, not in a good place. Yeah. And I said to him, Look, have you reached out? You know, the government is offering furlough 
There are people in the sector who've got more experience than you. They're 20, 30 years older than you. Some are offering some finance. Some are offering just some very useful practical help about how to keep your team feeling positive and optimistic um, and so on, various other things. And I said to him, you know, why don't you reach out for help? And he said, oh, I can't do that. I've never done that. Mm. I've never asked for financial support. I've always mm. stood on my own two feet. I was like, well, no, that is really admirable. But you know what? This is a crisis and this is not your fault. By reaching out for help does not diminish you. It makes you stronger mm. because you're accepting and acknowledging that you're living in a very tough place right now and that you've got a great business and you support people and you support your wife and your kids. And actually asking for help makes you look strong. And that was a massive turning point for him because then he did reach out and the government in the UK, for example, were good about furlough. They helped him put a bunch of his staff on furlough so he could retain fantastic chefs on his books and some, you know, some wait staff that he really valued and worked with for years. And you know what? Several months later, he was back into business. He did also come up with lots of lateral thinking ideas. He would, they were doing, you know, fine dining at home. They were preparing kits of cocktails that people could mix back in their home because people wanted some entertainment. They wanted to feel like a slight, you know, modicum of, uh, of normality. Yeah. And also they did an awful lot of charitable work. They, they produced thousands and thousands of meals for hospital staff. Wow. Which were paid for by charity. So they kept their kitchens turning over, they kept their staff working, and they kept those incredible people, doctors and nurses who were working around the clock, they kept them fed. Yeah. And so, you know, that for me was a really amazing, um, it was great for me to be able to intervene in a way and say, mm. it's okay to reach out, Ed. It doesn't diminish you, it makes you stronger. And at the same time, it got him into a better place, got his people working, and now he's got a very successful business again. Mm. And the babies, thank goodness, are doing well. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> but opened up the space for his creative thinking to yeah. problem solve and to get through exactly. without yeah. the same kind of struggle that he was when he was speaking. Be calm to and practical. Yeah. And and also reach out to people, you know. Yeah. I don't have all the answers, but I have got more experience than him. I'm 30 years older than him. Yeah. So I was just one of many people, I'm sure, who were able to go, you know what, think laterally. It's mm -hmm. okay to reach out. Mm -hmm. It can be hard to ask for help sometimes, can't it? Mm. Um, there's something else that you mention as well, and that's around when you're in or just sort of coming out of a crisis to then be able to start looking ahead at the future and setting some steps towards setting your future up for the next, you know, I suppose, better period of time so what are the steps that you you guide someone through in that situation i think it's critical always uh, before doing an after crisis to scan the horizons you need to know what's coming down the track it's very important to know what your competitors are doing if you're in business mm -hmm. there are people out there who have brilliant ideas better ideas than you to keep an eye on what other people are doing mm -hmm. and then start to establish well what are the possibles you know can we get back into business in, if we can, in what way? Is it um, just simply by getting people back part-time perhaps? Um, can we look at um, new uh, clients that we could go and work for? Mm -hmm. I know when we were coming out of the credit crunch, for example, I said to my team, look, we're not gonna bring in any, any more freelancers for now. I'd committed to keep everybody uh, on staff on board, but we're gonna have to roll up our sleeves and do different things. So I may have to ask you to step down one rank to go back to a role. Mm -hmm. So if you're now a showrunner, for example, I'm, I might have to ask you to go back and be a director for a month or three. And people were completely willing to do that. So again, being flexible, but keeping your people on side and keeping talking. Mm -hmm. Then when you started to establish what the possibilities are, 
in my sector, for example, we looked out in the credit crunch for new clients we hadn't worked for. And so children's television is something we'd never taken particularly seriously. We'd always you know, been focused on primetime documentary and entertainment and drama. And we, we realized that <clears throat> the BBC, for example, have significant guaranteed budgets for kids programming. So I said to my my drama team, I said, well, look, why don't we talk to CBBC, as it's called, and see if we can come up with an idea which would be like a family show. So still appealing to the adults who are a normal audience, if you like, <laughs> but also bring in bring in the kids. And um, it was an investment and it was about taking a risk. So I asked uh, my drama team to think very carefully about coming up with a, a good idea. They came up with a few and they were immediately rejected. So that didn't work. <laughs> And we thought, okay, back to the drawing board, take a deep yeah. breath, try again. And then we came up with a really exciting um, sci-fi, artificial intelligence type drama idea called mm. Eve, uh, which is about um, a, a, an artificial intelligent young girl who pops up in a suburb living in a family. And um, and it's about her coming of age, really, realising who and what she is. And of course, the people around her are all profoundly affected. Mm. And it went on to win the Royal Television Society Award for Best Drama. And you know what that did? It opened up a client we'd never really taken seriously before. Yeah. We then did a number of long running series and won a major award on the back of it. And then that then evolved and we then we went on then to produce uh, Mackenzie Crook, who's a wonderful actor you may remember from The Office, who yes. produced a show called Wurzel Gummidge on the BBC. Again, family entertainment. And on the back of that, we went to produce The Masked Singer, which is that huge, shiny Saturday night entertainment show because we understand the family audience. Mm. So, it, you know, what started out as a looking, scanning the horizons for something, a gap in the market, if you like, yeah. identifying it, taking a risk, putting, you know, some, some effort behind it, a little bit of investment, not much, but a lot of time investment, mm. and then opening mm. up a whole new business stream. And now, you know, here we are, this was in 2008, here we are 15 years later, and that family audience has become a major part of our business. So, mm. you know, these difficult times can actually spawn major new opportunities. Yeah, wow. Um, and I suppose if you break those steps down to someone on an individual level, it sounds like uh, dream openly for a while, um, look at opportunities, potentially brainstorm pick something to commit to and actually put some effort in and then sort of go with the flow and let the, um, I suppose, the what opens up next to just flow in. There's a really critical part of that, which I found so fascinating, mm. which I think is really helpful, which is, yes, allowing, you're giving yourself permission to imagine you yeah. know, as children, we allow ourselves to imagine. Mm. As adults, we enjoy imagination less. We give ourselves less time, mm -hmm. less permission to imagine. Yeah. So the first really important step is to take yourself out and allow yourself to open a range of different doors. Yeah. And then, and this is the critical part, don't just open the door, but step through it mm. in your imagination. So you might say to yourself, I'm going to imagine what it might be like having a complete career change and moving to a different city. Yeah. I've always fancied living in this part of the world. Step through it. And then when you're on the other side, allow yourself in your imagination. There's no risk. Mm. You're not actually doing it. It's not costing you anything. It's just giving yourself permission to have a flight of fancy, if you like. Yeah. But then actually when you step through that door, by giving yourself permission to live that life and stay there for a bit, 
you might want to stay there for a few days few hours or a week or whatever whatever feels right for you allow yourself to really live it so when I'm there how am I going to feel am I going to have the sun on my face am I going to have more money in my bank account mm. am I going to have a partner or children or not mm. and does that feel good does that make me feel fulfilled and mm. you might go actually you know what I tried it didn't like it that's okay <laughs> it hasn't cost you anything yeah. you can step back through the door and then go and open another door but it's giving yourself permission to not only step through, but also then really live it on the other side. Mm. And then eventually your heart and your instinct, your gut, which will always tell you the truth, will go, you know what? That is my dream. Mm. And then you can start to put it in place. And by putting in place the steps, it's like you've got to do your research to people who've gone before me. How did they get there? What, did, what kind of resume did they get? What kind of approaches did they make? What kind of skills did they need? Did they suddenly need to learn typing because they've never learned to type properly? Did they need a foreign language? Did they need to get a driving license because they've never learned to drive? You know, whatever it might be, what are the technical skills I need and what, uh, what qualifications might I need to get there? And then little by little, you can incrementally start to put these things into action. Mm. And you can constantly be reviewing your plan Give yourself three months, six months, 12 months. You can constantly change that. I haven't got where I needed to be in six months. I need another six months. That's okay. Well, let's mm. do it. Mm. You're not giving up your day job. You're not giving up your life. Mm. But you are starting little by little to dare to take the risk and give yourself permission to move forwards. Yeah. I can see why you're so positive because that process just sounds so revitalizing and I can see that you know someone's just been through a hard time they don't have permission their own permission to imagine like that but just understanding that you know just spend a few hours imagining a whole nother life it doesn't cost anything who cares if you took three hours out of your day to to do it um, but what it might open up and just allowing your brain to to think that way as I said it just seems so revitalizing mm. it's lovely a good way as well to bring that um that vision that you're starting to form out into the open mm. is to you know, have a mentor or someone who's on your side and maybe not someone in your immediate family yeah. maybe you don't want to freak out your husband or your wife or your, <laughs> your grown-up child yeah. you know maybe you don't discuss that at home just yet mm -hmm. but find a mentor someone who is kindly who's got some experience who's going to listen mm. openly to what you have to say and not be judgmental you do not want naysayers at this point or mm. fearful people who are going to put you off mm -hmm. but find somebody and just test it you know test the idea on somebody kindly mm. what do you think I'm thinking about this how might I go about that and then they will ask you questions. And some of those questions will be quite challenging. And you'd be like, hmm, oh, I didn't expect that. Or that's a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, maybe the consequences would be this. But again, you're just in the process of, of research, if you like. You're researching mm. the possibility. Mm. Mm. It's lovely. Really lovely. So I want to thank you so much for your time and your wisdom today. Can you let people know where they can get the book from, where they can get in touch with you and anywhere else you want to send them to? Thank you so much, Jackie. Um, well, I wrote the book to be purposeful, so I absolutely mm -hmm. would love people's feedback. You know, we're all in this together. We, As a planet, we have many challenges ahead. Yes. And, and I did write the book because I wanted people to have something that they could use and adapt and improve. Mm. So I would love to get people's feedback. 
Um, I'm really happy for people to email me, james.burstall at argonon.com, A-R-G-O-N-O-N.com. That's the name of my company. You can find me online, James Burstall. And the book is available on Amazon right now. Um, uh, it can be picked up, you know, uh, all over the world. Um, and it's available as a paperback, as an ebook. Uh, and I did the audio book, uh, which I hope you might enjoy. That's lovely. Uh, Your accent the, will be lovely on Audible. <laughs> sitting in a sitting in a in a sort of darkened studio for two days. I thought I would never get through it, but actually I really enjoyed it. And um, so it is what it is widely available. And if you go into your bookstore, you, you'll be able to, to find it, order it. So it is it is widely available all around the world. Wonderful. So good. I'll put the links in the show notes for everyone as well. And I'll make sure your email goes into your show notes too. I hope you don't get flooded. Um, But I think people are more polite than that anyway. But um, so good that you're open to feedback and to engage. So that's so brilliant. Um, Thank you again for your time. And um, I really hope that New York goes well and the, the launch in the US. Thank you so much for your time. I hope you really enjoyed that episode with James. Some of the takeaways for me were certainly uh, having a really solid ground for yourself and some really good self-care supports. Because if you don't have a solid base, then you've got not much to leverage off. So supporting yourself, knowing yourself quite deeply, um, knowing some of your triggers, knowing your values, knowing how you react. Um, being much more self-aware. So that's a really good starting point. But then also having the support of uh, some mentors and people around because what I really loved was the idea of having permission to really dream and to go deep into the dreaming and the brainstorming and imagining of uh, what life could be next. But not to just share that with people who are naysayers, but to really discuss the steps with a mentor and the possibilities Um, and so having the support of yourself and your self-leadership and your self-regulation and then having support of um, people around you that really have your best interests at heart as well really great stuff if you want more support then consider joining Legally Wise Women's Wisdom Suite it's $79 a month with no commitment ongoing month to month You get the support of fortnightly Q&As on Zoom with me. Uh, You can pre-submit your questions and um, I'll answer those for you. You have replays available as well if you can't attend live. Then we also have a monthly Wisdom Women's Circle on Zoom. It's around the time of the new moon. You get to interact with other like-minded women. We do intention setting and we go for deeper answers. And then I also do a monthly check-in on Zoom as well um, to really target um, the power of the support and the other um, resources that you have. So that's something with, with me every week. Uh, We do skill building as well, so twice weekly short videos and other curated information and this all goes into an online portal. As well as all that, you get bonuses of some downloadable templates, particularly for businesswomen um, and video explanations around those templates. I can put more and more templates in there by request as we go. You also get the courses I've created, how to find and hire the right lawyer, how to negotiate for what you want and legal business basics. So they're all in that portal. 
and you get the video recordings of this podcast and other exclusive workshop recordings that I do from time to time. So I really hope to see you there.